Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome everyone. It is spring. Hello. It is spring. <laughs> it is. It. <laughs> oh my gosh. And the weather, which it often does around here, is like, we'll be spring for a day, guys. We're going to fill you with lots of hope. And that's exactly what it did. It was gorgeous yesterday. It was Sunday. Nice. Everybody was out on the street yeah. looking fabulous. Yeah, it was quite, it was very busy on the uh, on the seafront in Jersey. I went oh. for a lovely um, stroll with a friend and went for a nice bite to eat. And the weather was glorious and people were most definitely making the most of it. Right. You know what yeah. I haven't seen this year, which is weird, is generally I see a lot of girls, and I've always been one of them, who have been trying to welcome the season by wearing ridiculously short skirts in like two degree <laughs> weather and just like... Just, you know, with a, but with a big parka or a big fluffy jacket, yeah. but like really tight, really um, short shorts. And I haven't seen that this year. I, everyone's mm-hmm. playing it very safe and being very weather yeah. appropriate, even though mm-hmm. it looks very warm outside. It's still nippy. It's like seven degrees. Yeah, it looks it looks warm. But you go out and then the wind slaps you in the oh. face and tells you it's not quite summer yet. <gasps> That's a Jersey thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that wind. Uh, Gracious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you are going on an airplane. Tell us more. I'm going on an airplane. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Um, yeah, okay. so I'm going on two airplanes because we have to fly to uh, to London Gatwick mm. and uh, we're staying over. And um, so that's the start of the holiday for me. Oh. And then tomorrow morning, very early doors, we are on our second flight to Cyprus. Oh, my gracious. Bring it on. Um, the depressing part is the weather forecast is for rain three days out of five <laughs> oh, that we're there and glorious weather in the island of Jersey. That <gasps> we're waving goodbye to. <laughs> oh my God. That I is couldn't make it up. I'm like, oh, whatever, I don't care. I'm going away yeah. with my man and we're very loved up right now, so I cannot wait. Oh my gosh. Yes. Whoa, do not disturb. <laughs> Just meet a mat man. Brilliant. Good for you. That's amazing. <laughs> That is so awesome. yeah, I'm very, very excited. And I did what every self-respecting person would do this morning. Mm-hmm. I made soup out of my leftovers in the fridge. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were like, I waxed everything. <laughs> I actually think there's something seriously wrong with me. Because oh. I'm there making soup um, whilst watching this um, cookery That's cookbook wonderful. program. That was um, by Jamie Oliver. I was like, seriously, Sarah, get a grip. Oh. Um, yeah. Oh, good for you. That's but wonderful. I tell you what, it tastes amazing, that soup. Oh. And um, I am going to get my nails done this afternoon, so oh. that will get me holiday ready. Yeah. And I've washed my hair. <laughs> You've washed your hair, and it's obvious. It's wonderful. Good for you. Oh, Excellent. So, yeah, I'm wonderful. ready. I am ready to go. <gasps> Very good. All right, Miss Vacation. So, what's going on at the Relationship Desk of Love? Oh, you are going <laughs> to. As soon as I saw this, I thought, oh, my dear, Anna is going to, I'm not even going to say the words, right? But I'll tell you afterwards what I think is going to happen. So here is the relationship news this week. A man goes viral after trying to ban his wife from using tampons because they make him feel uncomfortable. Oh, my God. I love this already. Go on. 
So the, <laughs> the behaviour has been called out by a domestic abuse charity, Refuge. A man is facing backlash after his wife revealed online that he'd attempted to ban her from using tampons. Social media users took to the online forum to call the man out for his behaviour and now a domestic abuse charity refuge has also waded in, pointing out that it's a form of coercive control. It all started when the user shared a a post about her husband of three years and how he'd taken away her tampons, actually taken them away, citing that they were making him feel uncomfortable. He said, my husband hates tampons and I wrote the post. He never truly gave a reason other than he said that they made him feel uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable with her using them. At first she didn't think it was a big deal because she knows that he hates stuff like that. But he'd asked her to go back to using a pad, but she made it clear that she didn't want to when it was her body and she could decide. She then went on to say he threw away some of the tampons that she had. Um, so And she got quite upset by this. And um, to keep the peace, she hid some tampons from him and he found the stash. <laughs> oh and basically God. then threw them away so that she got a period and she didn't have anything <gasps> to use. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So at first, you know, the funny thing, I was actually taking a bit of a, a, a devil's advocate view because at first when I, when I heard you say made him feel uncomfortable, I thought that he was developing an allergic reaction because of the bleached cotton and so forth that was hurting his penis. Oh no. And causing a rash. I thought it oh, literally no. made him feel uncomfortable, which I'm like, whoa, totally possible. Definite grounds for... Because I have a lot of women who have like recurrent BV or yeast infections and I ask them to ask their dude to stop using soaps and stuff because it can be a lot of like the window dressing on the penis that can create Mm. a lot of like irritants that can um, throw off the vaginal balance. That's a long-winded story to say I was giving him a chance. Only a doctor would have come up with that. (laughs) that I thought that he was getting a rash on his penis. (gasps) Oh my God, that's My reaction when I read it was a lot different. (gasps) Oh my God gosh oh my gosh this is fucking horrible it is isn't it like i just it's outrageous like beyond belief and also the fact that she's then questioning her own behavior am i right to choose my own sanitary products well hell yes you are because it is your body and you want to wear something that's the most convenient thing for you during a time that's crap anyway wow Absolutely. And something inserted into the vagina is obviously causing some distress for our little boy here. Wow. Unbelievable. Mm. Isn't it? Okay, that is bloody awful. Holy man. Wow. Run. Yes, if we had that question, be like, get the F out. (laughs) Get the F out. There's no way to coach around that relationship. Well, it's clearly something that needs to be come to terms with, I think. But um, it is a lesson in trusting your own... um, your own judgment, your own position and holding holding your boundaries firm. Yeah. Boundaries is a conversation I've had a lot in the last two weeks. Oh, um, interesting. But that's, that is a form of actually, no, I'm holding my boundaries. This is my body. It's my own personal space and you can't decide what I'm going to do with it. Wow. Yes. Word. Oh, word. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <gasps> oh, my gracious. <laughs> oh, well, that's rocket fuel for our podcast. Holy shit. See, that's fired us up. Already. Oh, my God. <laughs> insanity okay okay we're ready to go <laughs> oh, okay so now that's got you warmed up you, do you want to um 
get heated with a hot topic? <laughs> sure, let's have more. <laughs> let's do it. Okay. Today's hot topic. What happens when there is a relationship breakdown and the kids are stuck in the middle? Oh, tragedy. So it common. It is tragedy, isn't it? Mm. It is. Yeah. I was, I, man, that was my like entire childhood. Because <laughs> I mean, the relationship breakdown doesn't mean like you've, you've separated or you're divorced. Relationship breakdown, which I remember my entire childhood is like parents not happy, taking yeah. it out on children or just mm. not being mature. Yeah. Or not even just that though, it's the environment that you're in. Mm. If you're in an environment that just feels very kind of heavy and um, unstable, like that's not great either, is it? Yeah. For for children to be, you know, want to bring children into the world so that they feel nurtured and safe and protected, and yeah. I, I can't feel any of those things if I'm a child and my, um, you know, my parents or, you know, it might not even be kind of your current parents. It could be like a new relationship, like any form of it. Mm-hmm. That being in that environment just can't feel nice. Yeah. No matter what age you are as well. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because my very good friend who is really parenting with maturity, despite how hard it is and trying to Mm. shield her child from all the acrimony from like a really crappy co-parent. But um, I can see how hard it is to shield your kids. So now I can Mm. understand why my parents took the immature road because it's easier. And, you know, (laughs) so I don't I'm not a parent. Uh, I had acrimony in my childhood the the entire growing up and I was always you know like holding it up against our parents like why didn't you guys try better to just be a little bit more mature and not mm. you know pull dick moves all the time in front of your kids and with your kids and and using your kids but I mean now I understand it's actually hard it's it's hard not to go to your infantile place so I'm wondering mm. as a parent mm. tell me about the struggle of hitting relationship potholes mm. and being a parent it it is really hard, and there's a and there's also a balance I think to be had between. You mentioned there about protecting and shielding children. There's a balance I think to actually some reality of of how mm-hmm. life is, and but then how we show up and how we deal with it and how we respond to it. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. There's a balance. We have to be able to see that life isn't rosy in the garden all of the time. Mm-hmm. That's not. It's so true. if we leave the family home and we think. Our parents had the most beautiful relationship and they were always super happy. And then we step into the big wide world of relationships and realize there are ups and downs and roller coasters and um, fast bits, slow bits, you know, things that make you want to scream vomit <laughs> and throw things uh things that make you cry yeah. so as well as all the beautiful um all all the beautiful moments in between if we don't see that richness to relationships and we don't see how people respond in those situations in a kind compassionate caring way then we're not seeing the full tapestry of, of life and relationships I think so there's a real balance to be had between how we shield children and I know we do it I did it um I never I wouldn't let them hear an argument between um oh, wow. me and their um their dad at all it was wow. rare that we would argue in front of the children I mean it, we just didn't do it um wow. I know and then when we did separate and, and get divorced, then it was around ha- really having to be respectful about the other person. And that wasn't always easy because sometimes um, you're not feeling that way. <laughs> oh, no. 
things you know you do want to be less than respectful about the other person because they're generally still people that can trigger you because they triggered you when you were married and they still trigger you (laughs) when you're divorced many years later (laughs) 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 but it's you know it's being able to respond to that I think in a mature healthy way but with some balance I think we have to we have to know that you know not everything is is going to be great all the time. We have to know that we're all we're all flawed as human beings, all of us, mm-hmm. including me. <laughs> not possible. Only just. <laughs> Only just. Sometimes, you know, it's funny because I'm running into this with a couple where the one partner is like, my parents never had a fight. They were always hand in hand. They went everywhere mm-hmm. together and did everything together, yeah. always. And they're like, I don't understand why our marriage is not like that. So it is very bizarre because her parents have created such a a standard that, and her partner is, is saying, well, it probably wasn't all that great all the time, but yet that isn't, that is an excuse to slack off. But even still, like it is true. Like if that is your standard, that's a really hard act to follow. What becomes a barometer, and you hear it a lot mm. actually. People say, I just want a relationship that my parents had, <laughs> assuming it was a good one. Um, less so in our cases. <laughs> but, and I wanted anything other than the relationship mm-hmm. that I'd seen kind of playing out in my life. Absolutely. Um, so there, there is that kind of, you know, very kind of yin and yang, isn't there, around I've seen exactly what I do want, or I've seen exactly what I don't want, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to respond accordingly, and I'm looking for. But either way, you're kind of looking for perfection in some shape or form because you're looking mm-hmm. for the exact opposite of what you had or you're looking to replicate mm-hmm. something that you see in your eyes as being perfection. So I think either way, we're holding up quite a tough bar mm-hmm. to um, to set relationships against. Totally, totally. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I observed with, with my parents is that they didn't have a lot of friends. So they kind of used their kids as their friends to mm-hmm. sort of their confidence. And I think that's a very that's a very common thing what would you say Mm. to parents who who don't even know it but they're confiding in their kids and I I see it in coaching as well like it it, yeah it's hard and I get it and I I understand it can be very lonely time I think when you um when you go through any relationship breakup it is a lonely time where things feel you know you can feel like you're on your own and your, your kids are there they're the constant in your life and children are very grounding they bring you back down to earth mm. quite quickly and they also provide you um the true essence of what life's all about because they provide you all of those special moments where if you're feeling down or um they're very oh. um perceptive children yeah and they can kind of just come right at the right time and give you kind of a little lift or you have a really nice family meal together and it just reminds you that actually you know I'm still despite whatever's whatever else is going on I'm still a parent I've still got this Mm. important role to play and we're still a family that are connected in some shape or form so they are able to provide that and it can be then really difficult I think to not then overemphasize that relationship Mm. and as you say then take it that kind of step too far around that you know if you haven't got anybody else around then you know who else do you share it with but I think we've got a responsibility and an obligation to remember that we are the adults and they are the children. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we have to be very careful about some of the things that we say and do because that will create little little stories and little um, images inside, you know, those children's heads around what is going on. And they may or may not then interpret that in 
in the right or the wrong way, which mm. can then cause some undue pressure for them mm -hmm. when the world has just fallen apart anyway. And mm. then there's that potential to magnify that and make it so much worse. Yeah. And I think, and speaking for, I think firstborn female children, because yeah. I'm, I'm, I see it, I see it in folks that I coach. There's a, a misunderstanding when you have a seemingly mature, usually female mm -hmm. firstborn who is yeah. mistakenly you use a, as a confidant and you seem to think that they're a vessel that can handle really mature stuff and you forget yeah. that they're a kid and yeah. because they're, and then that, that gets into people pleasing and it's this weird thing where it's like, well, my parents are telling me really mature stuff and that makes me feel like a grown up. So I'm just not going to check in with my boundaries and just sort of try to rise to the level of this maturity, even when my yeah. brain doesn't work like that. So, yeah. you know, the thing is you end up getting exposed to a lot of shit that like was really mm. well past your maturity level. And then that sort of sets up a pattern of like people pleasing, like I have to be mm. able to take really inappropriate things and not have a reaction and process it later myself, but reflect in I'm cool with this. You can keep yeah. telling me sort of visage. Anyways, that's a very long rant, <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> but it's funny because I, I have a, a client who um, whose daughter is is now in their 20s and they're like, no more. And they're, they're actually cutting off ties because they're like, mm. I've been dragged through this for 15 years of, yeah. you know, because the thing is, is a relationship breakdown, it can be like the wheels falling off the bus for 25 years, right? Like it doesn't have to yeah. be one, you know, just the separation and the divorce. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And yes, um, the thing is, once you've got kids, you're always bound together, no no matter oh, what. Yeah. And actually, no matter what age they are, right? So, mm -hmm. yes, you can be 20 odd years down the line. And yes, still, you're still connected to this person. When if you didn't have children, you'd probably never see them again. <laughs> that is true. that is life, right? That's the gig yeah. that we signed up to. Mm -hmm. That is the chance that we took when we got married or when we decided to have children together. Mm -hmm. That and, and you have to be able to deal with that. You've got to think. I am a grown-up, whether I like it or not. Mm. I mean, God, a lot of days I get very tired about being an adult. <laughs> but <laughs> Especially with the tax office, right? <laughs> don't, don't get me started about tax <laughs> office today. <laughs> Guys, it's tax season. It's very stressful, especially it's in Jersey. <laughs> it is. Um, but, you know, there are things that we do have to do. We've got to do grown-up things. We've got to sort out pensions and, and talk about financial planning and all the dull things that mm -hmm. we never thought we'd be talking about when we've got to this age. And, mm -hmm. you know, part of that as well is this responsibility for children. And it doesn't matter, you know, the, they, they get to an age and they're still... I think they're still kind of, they're, they're still there. They've still got needs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember talking to a friend the other day about her son and I've known this family for years. And I, um, and I, when you, when you're in that situation, you kind of still view them as, as small children. Yeah. Yeah. Because in your eyes, they haven't really grown up. <laughs> now, this person has grown up. He's got his own child. Oh, wow. And, wow. um, and he has some complications in his life. And, and I was saying to my friend, yeah, I know, but, you know, you've still got to be there to support them. He is still young. And she went, Sarah, he's nearly 30. <laughs> I went, oh, fuck. Okay, then. He's not that young. <laughs> and he probably needs to stand on his own two feet. <laughs> but you're like, how did that happen? How did those age? But I'm like, yeah. I'm sure he can't be nearly 30. Like, that is just not possible. Yeah. That also yeah. makes me feel very old. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, totally. But... <laughs> But that's an example, right? So, the, you know, this guy is nearly 30 and he's still going to his parents to... Now, if you're if you're separated, divorced, whatever, in separate houses, then you've 
still got to be able to deal with those complications together yeah. like mm-hmm. because you did you, whichever way you signed up to be parents for yeah. the rest of your lives and you're gonna have to do that forever yeah so you need to find a way to make it work in a respectful healthy way because mm. the the people that do suffer are the children damn yeah yeah wow, that's we so still true. have like a little triangle relationship that goes on between me and my ex and the kids and especially when one of them's when one of the kids has done something wrong oh right because it's like oh that's your kid now <laughs> it's just but it's just complicated right because different parents have different reactions to different situations and you end up with the kind of the triangle of discussion mm-hmm. which can sometimes be quite tough but yeah. this is what I signed up for wow yeah like it or not I might not have I might not have realistically thought it would end the way that it did but one thing that always I always kind of um, pops up in my mind and and I notice this when I have conversations with um, with friends who've got children who aren't divorced and so they're still um, still happily married and they've got they've got children similar situations arise in terms of different views or mm. how to parent or different stances on different situations they're still having those same conversations yeah. but they're having them in a house together right. whereas yeah. you're yeah. still having them it's exactly the same scenario the same situation is playing out but it feels more complicated because you're not together anymore mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but in some ways it can be easier to navigate because you're not together 24 7 arguing about the same shit on mm. a different day yeah yeah you get that space to be able to process things a bit more and right you can sometimes be more tolerant and more compassionate than because you don't have one. to sleep beside them yeah mm-hmm. yeah and sometimes we can expect so much more from our partners than mm. we do from ex-partners. So there's an there's and so all of that kind of plays into it. So sometimes it's maybe a bit easier. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Slightly different perspective. Yeah, I like it. Not that I'm saying you should all go out and get divorced, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I am still pro marriage. <laughs> it's very cute. In the right circumstances. <laughs> well, it's funny because you can see all sides of the coin, right? So it's really cute when yeah. you do say, I'm still pro-marriage, guys, which is cute because <laughs> you're you're sort of, play, you're just sort of like look, examining from all angles, which is great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you get to see a different perspective, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? What I'm taking from this is it's hard. And as a child, mm-hmm. and you know, we blame everything on our parents. Uh, yes. everything in our adult lives <laughs> on our parents' deficiencies. But I, I have compassion for my parents. They they went through, a, it was a rough time. Yeah. Yeah. Like my mom, especially, just kind yeah. of stuck in a shitty situation. So, mm. yeah. It just, I think uh, you, reach a, you reach an age where, you you know, when you kind of, when you start to go into adulthood, then everything is your parents' fault and you are kind of, you know, of that in that position and gradually as you get a little bit older and especially if you do have your own children I think you know the realization dawns about uh, actually you know sometimes things are hard and that's why things happened yeah and none of it really meant that they didn't love you and um and that you weren't good enough and all of those other negative messages that can have that play out and there's a real um there's a real benefit to going through that reflective process that actually examines some of your childhood and some of the decisions that your parents made and looks for the rationale or the reasons behind that mm-hmm. in a diff- through a different lens. There's a lot of um, kind of benefit and healing that can come from that. And mm-hmm. then you can get some forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's nice. podcast for definitely another day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgiveness. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm. Nice. All right. So, are you ready for a question? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> So, um, connected with marriage, this week's question, we are about to get married and my husband will not wear a wedding wedding ring. I can't understand this and it's making me feel unsettled about the future. What do I do next? I so love this because we are heading into, it's probably gonna be like this massive wedding season. I'm hearing that nobody can get bookings. Like people are having to get married on the weirdest days and the weirdest times of the year. Mm. So this is really, really topical because people are just right in the corner and it would surprise people that they're months away and they, and their partner just drops a bomb like this. Oh, by the way, I'm Mm. not going to be wearing a ring. Yeah. What? What are you talking about? Yeah. Okay. Let's get into it. And that's the thing, isn't it? So we're, you know, we're about to get married with, suggest that it is imminent and mm-hmm. and then there's this kind of there was an expectation of what would happen or maybe there was a discussion and and then there's been a change of heart um it's an interesting one isn't it I'm assuming there was just an assumption yeah the person yeah. writing the question just assumed he would write yeah would wear a ring I, I I don't think that my ex-husband ever wore a, a wedding ring so it's also really bad that I can't remember <laughs> It was a very long time ago. I yeah. was I was young when we uh, got married. You were young, right? of course. I was young, but yeah. I genuinely don't think that he did. And the discussion was around his um, job, around yeah. his hobbies, around a kind of safety issue. It was mm-hmm. never about for him. It was never about not wanting to to wear a ring. It was just about the kind of safety aspects and not wanting to have any kind of damage. Or, um, but it's interesting, and it never it didn't ever bother me. But I can understand for some people, then it is a symbol, isn't it? So we, we share rings because it's a symbol of the connection and the yeah. everlasting love and the circle that never is broken. Um, and it's a public so symbol un- to say, I am yeah. committed to this person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm taken. I'm off yeah. the market. Without which people fear, well, why wouldn't you want to wear a ring? What yeah. do you want to be doing when I'm yeah. not with you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that's part of the, I, I suppose, the stuff around this question is like what is so you're unsettled by that what is it that you're unsettled by is it that you don't trust your partner because that would suggest that you don't um or there's some niggling doubts there um or perhaps you've had trust issues in the past and you're worried that it's going to play out again I think it's much more fundamental I think that I'm going to assume the person asking the question is a woman. And I think that we are conditioned and socialized into assuming that every marriage, every wedding, every everything is going to all look the same and follow the same steps. So what what I'm reading out of this question is just literal surprise. Like, what do you mean you're Mm. not going to wear a ring? Everybody wears a ring. That's what you're supposed to do when you get married. Mm. So they've got the fairy tale track in their head. And the beautiful thing about this instance is it's one of the many things that are going to disappoint you about your interpretation or your assumption about marriage because just get used to it now get yeah just get strapped in and I remember the same thing because my dude wasn't wearing a ring for two reasons number one he doesn't wear rings except for when he was bit through his like metal phase in his Mm. 20s and he had a bunch of like silver rings and stuff like that and long hair um but the other thing is is culturally um they they don't wear rings um so funny enough like men in a number of different cultures, subcultures in India, um, they don't wear a single uh, symbol of marriage, but yet women right. wear a ton of them. 
right. are laid in, again, like property, mm. right? Like yeah. just sort of marked all over the place that she's a married woman. Yeah. But funny enough, men are not marked in any way. Mm. So when I... When we started to get married, I, I realized that that wasn't happening. He has a ring. We shared a ring. And sometimes he wears it. Um, mm. I think sometimes when we're not doing well. <laughs> Which is funny. And then he, and then he lost, well, he lost it. But I, it's just because I found it and I thought he didn't really care for it. So I, I took it with me when I moved to Toronto. And then he was like, oh, my. And then months later, he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I have to confess I lost the ring. I was like, bitch, I took it for you because I didn't think you were t- <laughs> I didn't think you were, like, <laughs> respecting it. Anyways, yeah. No, it can be a thing. It can be a thing for sure. <sighs> yeah. But, yeah, what I realized is I had an assumption of somebody who would get married to me would wear a ring. And I mm. and I was slapped in the face with that. And I was like, oh, it's not necessarily a thing. You can still be married. They, If they want to cheat, they can just take the ring off and put it in their pocket. Like, it's easy, right? Well, there is that. So there is this thing around what is the story around this ring, around the connection? Is it why is it that it's upsetting? And it could be any number of those reasons. But you're right. If one of them is the trust element, then, yeah, people will just remove it. Although you can see the dent where your ring's been. So it is true. Even if you take it off. So like I've got a ring and and if I take that off, you can absolutely tell that mm-hmm. um, that there was a, ri- a ring there. Some days it won't move off my finger as well. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> depending on how warm the weather is. <laughs> right, right. So have a ring and bring your person to like a tropical vacation where they get nice and sunburned. <laughs> and there's like at least for six to nine months, there's like no way that you can, you can take that thing off and not yeah. know that it, there was something there. Beautiful. The weirdest thing was actually when I got divorced, um, it took me ages to take my um, engagement and wedding ring off. Because mm. even though I was part of, the, you know, I was part of the process, I was, you know, in it, it was what I wanted. But it was really, really bizarre taking it off because I suppose that was wow. the final admission that my marriage hadn't worked out. What were those rings for you? What did they mean for you? Like when they were being put on, do you remember how that felt? I think the whole thing was around that connection. It was around that because I, I I got married for life. I wasn't mm. kind of getting married just for a few years to see how it went. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was I was fully yeah. I was on board. I was committed, and it was just you know. And it's I still think it's a shame that it didn't work out. Um, mm. I don't regret any of it. I don't regret where I'm at. I don't. So that none of it is about kind of wanting to have back a life that I had I totally understand how things played out the way that they did um but I think because marriage is something that's important to me and I do believe in the the symbol of marriage I believe in committing to somebody to another person and being their person I really genuinely believe in that and Mm -hmm. and I think that's what was hard was that I really wanted that um for my life and it didn't work out Mm -hmm. so wow yeah yeah so it took me a little while to take my rings off. And did you like your rings? Were they really pretty? They were pretty, yeah. Oh, see, there's, uh, there's that too. Oh, gracious. Yeah. They were pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, have you sort of, do you have some of your own jewelry that you wear, that you've chosen, that you like mm. to wear as a, yes. as a replacement, uh, not replacement, but yeah. Yeah, so a few years ago, actually, I got... Um, I got a really, really, really nice ring that I spent ah. three years saving up for. 
and I could only get it because it was uh, it went on sale. Oh. And the jeweller rang me up and said that ring that you've been coming in to look at for the last three years oh. is now on sale. And I was like, right, I'll be down. Oh, um, and wow. that so that has a lot of um, special kind of it's it's like a real momentum for me mm. because it symbolizes lots of things around um you know, being on your own, being independent, all of those things, but also, um, I guess, treating money with the respect that it sometimes needs to, mm. you know, we're not, we're, we're in a society where we can kind of more or less have what we want mm. and um, and everything's kind of there. It's, we're in this kind of place of abundance, but it's really, really nice to know that you've worked hard for something and you've earned it and it belongs to you and it's got some special connection to who you are as a person yeah oh wow wow so yeah so it's more than just a piece of metal there is there is something yeah. significant um yeah I think there is something significant and I think this is a really tricky situation isn't it where if you do place a lot of symbolism and connection on on this this piece of jewelry on this ring then I can understand why that would be unsettling and there's obviously some there, there must be something about trust because it's about kind of the, that look into the future like what does this mean does it mean that the, the marriage isn't going to last so there's there's something in there where there's maybe like a lack of belief or in that kind of marriage working out which is normal right like we all have doubts before we get married it's a big big commitment we've talked about kind of you know a lot of people then go on to have children which is an even bigger commitment and mm. but you're, you're you're committing to create a life with another human being for the rest of your life that's what you're committing to and that's if that is a big a big thing it's a big deal and I think it's normal to have some unsettling moments prior to getting married and and so I would maybe say to this this listener that it is normal what you're feeling is normal yeah just check in with your partner just reconnect find out what you need to um to feel more settled again in this situation understand what the reasons are there's probably some perfectly reasonable um you know validating reasons why this person doesn't want to do it and just really try to understand seek to understand each other but connect and be honest about the fact that it's made you feel a little bit um jittery and jumpy because the more that we can do that with each other and the closer the bond will be and the more we can trust that we that our partner can hold us safe when we need it mm. oh beautiful and and i think just again so much of what we do when we move towards marriage we don't ask any of the important questions yeah. and just imagine this is an opportunity this is a portal into like oh crap there are important questions it's again this assumption that somebody is just going to know what we want just yeah. by sort of intuition and just feeling our aura is bullshit Mm -hmm. and we're going to have to use our words. And this is a beautiful place to start. So, and I'm really, really working with a lot of people and I can, you know, as a coach, it's so exciting to see, like I'm encouraging people when you feel something, say something. And I have some of my clients just off on a terror. They're like, I'm feeling it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask about it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say, you know, when you did that, that made me feel blah, blah, you know, and it's, it's so wonderful to see. So, because this listener is bottling it up and asking us they're mm. not asking their partner yeah. Yeah, so yeah. this is the start of something you know to start to sort of question your assumptions on everything mm. and I'm not a religious person and I I have a lot of like you know side eye to a lot of these marriage preparation courses uh, run by mm. the church that I used to be part of and I'm <clears throat> evil oh, not evil but you know 
<laughs> just a little bit. Anyways, um, but yeah, so I the thing about marriage courses I do have to respect is that they actually put couples through like a mandatory period we have to think mm. about the hard things like do you want yeah. kids how many kids do you want to work mm. how, you know how will yeah. you share your finances how, because if these courses don't force us to ask the questions a lot of people don't ask these questions before they well, provide an environment yeah. to be able to have the discussion right if yeah. somebody else is is asking the questions yeah. then it provides almost permission to to want to know more yourself and to answer things in an honest way because you're in a space where you're able to yeah Mm. I wonder if there is like a there I'm there must be agnostic marriage preparation courses Mm. right yeah I'm sure of it sign up for one just be like whoa you know what that's one assumption I thought we were on the same page with the ring whoa okay so there's probably other stuff that we're just assuming let's do like a marriage preparation yeah. course. There's a whole host of questions that you can um, that you can ask. There'll yeah. be tons of information out there. Um, but you're right. It is just about you know going through and even if you think about the different stages of your life and start mm-hmm. to ask some questions around that. That in itself will start to um, expose some of the differences. And remember, differences are okay. We don't have to be on the same page. We don't have to agree on everything. Mm-hmm. differences are healthy it allows us to um to debate things and see things from a different perspective and open up um some of the own, our own thoughts and beliefs that we might have mm-hmm. so differences can be a really healthy thing the challenge is if you find some deal breakers in there for you then but you'd always rather know about those sooner rather than later yeah <laughs> oh yes <laughs> yeah oh nice so it's not just a ring it's never just about the ring, is it? <laughs> <laughs> just like you tell me that it's never just about sex. I'm like, sometimes it is. <laughs> but we continue to arm wrestle around that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. I think that's the number one question that I see um, written about relationships is about um, sexless marriages mm. where one party is not happy with it. And one person thinks it's all about the sex and the other person is like, it's way more than the sex. Yeah. But that's just another example of where you're on, you've got a different perspective, a different position, and you need to um, be able to discuss that. Yeah. Using our words. Yes. I like that. Using words. Yeah. Use words. Yeah. Feel it, name it, share it. Right, right. Gosh, I, I read this beautiful article recently about somebody who said like where what was the advent of this assumption that couples should just sort of know what each other needs and mm. not talk about it? And who was the romantic poet? Was it not Rembrandt? He was a painter. Some <laughs> sort of like, whatever, Renaissance poet talking about like, I don't know, reading your aura or whatever. Anyways, mm. so, and this was a really great article saying like, before this stupid poet, we would use our words, but this poet brought in this era of like, we're just going to sort of figure each other out by feeling each other, mm. which is the greatest disservice to relationship ever. And I think he traced the history of like, we learn to use words as babies because we can't get what we need across by another way. Mm, we learn yeah. language by necessity yes. to tell yeah, our yeah. parents when we're cold, hungry, pissed off, yeah. or upset yeah. that somebody took our toy. And what do yeah. parents, new age parents say? They're like, little so-and-so, use your words. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I don't think I realized that like this communication gap is not an an millennia issue. It is several hundred years of us not using our words 
I think, I mean, it's a great analogy there back to to childhood and how we do have to um, form words to be able to communicate effectively mm. and communicate our needs effectively. I think, though, the some of the challenges in relationships are we've evolved so much as human beings in, in terms of how we not only recognise what we need as individuals, but how we then are now progressing to be able to share those with other people. But I think if you go back to how marriages and relationships were centuries ago, it would not have been based on sharing feelings and I've got these <laughs> certain true. needs. Or It was very much role-based. It was around mm-hmm. kind of this is your role in this partnership and this is my role and, and that's what we'll do. And mm-hmm. kind of, you know... Along gender lines, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think... I think as human beings, we've, we are evolving, we are changing and we're more in touch with on a much deeper and spiritual level about who we are as individuals. Mm. And that brings about this different dynamic to relationships. Mm. Yeah, mm. so true. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we've covered a lot today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It feels quite spicy. I think what happened is like that... Gosh, that uh, relationship news just really sparked. I got I got all sorts of feelings and and ideas yeah. for that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and it and you know when you hear things like that, it just goes to show you how um, we are evolving as human beings. But a lot of us are still stuck in oh. in old um, thoughts and patterns of behavior that are no longer acceptable in society. Um, right. And there is a, a still there is still a big gap. I think. Oh gracious, you got it. You got it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, all right. Right. Well, some of us have things to do. Some of us have planes to catch (laughs) to fabulous destinations. I wish you a gorgeous, lovey dovey time. I can't wait. I just hope we don't fuck it up. (laughs) No. When you have that anticipation, that excitement, where you just think this is going to be the best holiday ever, we're just going to enjoy each other so yes, much. Yes, totally. And then we'll fuck it up. No, no. <laughs> so no, we're not. We are not no. going to. We're going to no. be kind Shit, to no. each other. Yeah, you know, I wonder if you're open to leaning into this because I'm taking a, a, a trip soon. And, and um, I think that gratitude that we're even allowed to go on a plane, I mm. think that will buoy you up and give you a yeah. lot of levity because... We're all kids in a candy store right now. Oh, you know, absolutely. Yeah. And there is there is the threat of world war. There's some really bad shit going on in the world. Yeah. But there's this tiny little place where you and the for the first time in two years get to go and take your yeah. little vacation, a tiny little corner and slice of slice of time with you just and your dude. Just a slice of happiness. Just, just a little slice. For a little bit. I just, just want to bit. be in a little bubble for a little bit. Yeah. And then I'll come back out and be an adult and face the world again. There you go. Mm. It'll be just fine. You'll have a great time. Yeah. Travel yeah. safe. Bon voyage. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be back um, next week, as usual. Next week. So until next time. Until next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.